You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show, sponsored by CurioSoft Kids Games and the letter E. Visit the Indie Game Development Podcast site at www.indiegamepod.com. Hi, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show. How about you introduce yourself? Okay, um... I'm uh, Gabriel Gambetta. I'm the um, director and um, lead developer of Mystery Studio. Uh, we are a very small uh, game development company based in Uruguay, South America. How did you get into games? Um, for me, it was uh, it started like a childhood dream. Um, I'm since I was uh, very very young, uh, there was a computer at home, so I. I used to play uh, every game I, I could I, I could play at the time. Um, uh, the thing is that there's no game industry in Uruguay, so it it remained it remained just a dream until uh, very recently um, in the uh, uh, four years ago. Uh, I met um, one of my the, the guy who is now my partner. Uh, we were um, I met him in college. Uh, he shared the same dream of making games for a living. So uh, we just decided to go ahead and do it. Before that time, did you work on any games on your own? Or was it uh, your partner that really got things no, going? No, no. Uh, we both worked on, on our own, uh, but not together. Uh, not 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 because of uh, expecting of doing it seriously, but because it's what we really like to do. So we just found an outlet to to do it uh, commercially. What what types of games did you make when you were working on it alone? Um, I I, th- I think the only complete game I made was uh, a graphic adventure in the in the style of of Monkey Island and the like. But I started a lot of projects that uh, eventually went nowhere because uh, in part of lack of motivation, because it was just like a hobby, and also because of uh, lack of experience making games. That So you meet your partner, and mm-hmm. you two decide then to go about doing a commercial game company. What were you thinking at that time? And were you thinking about going into the indie game market, or were you going to try to do a console game? Um, well, the thing is, we we started doing things together, or talking about doing things together because we liked it. And one day, by chance, we discovered the, the, the now legendary Steve Pavlina uh, Dexterity.com website. And that was the first time we realized we maybe could make games for a living, even being in Uruguay, and even being without... Uh, Previous game experience, so the the choice of of making casual games uh, wasn't really a conscious decision, but the only way uh, we found to to go ahead with this. So you discover the site and you're thinking about doing puzzle games. Yes. Walk me through um, what was the game plan then? Did you two decide then to try to get out a game out as soon as possible, or um, what were your thoughts? Uh, it was a very experimental phase at the time. I, I don't think we really had a game plan. Uh, we started doing uh, one one puzzle game that we eventually finished, and then nobody bought. But it was a very valuable experience in terms of uh, actually completing a game, uh, putting up a website, uh, setting up the, the payment processing, and and all the stuff. Um, we we did have the intention of of making uh, bigger games eventually. But um, we really didn't have a direction at the time. We made Betty Spear Bar, which was a surprise hit, and that's that's when we decided to consciously decided to to go along uh, that that path. Let's go back to the puzzle game. How mm-hmm. what what was the name of the puzzle game, and how long it, did it take to make? Uh, the game is Peg Sweeper. Um, I think it took about six months, but. Even though it's a, it's a very simple puzzle game, the thing is that um, I also started developing uh, a game framework that has evolved since then, which is uh, the framework that powers all, all, of, all of our current games. 
So uh, that that six month figure may be may sound a bit exaggerated, and for a single game it is, but it 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 also lay the the foundation for a lot of of our current games. When you released it, and did you do any marketing, or or how how is how were you able to promote it? Um, well, we approached the portals who rejected it, and. So, so we started listing in shareware, uh, uh, download.com and any other uh, shareware, um, you know, th- those uh, download sites that, that are everywhere. We didn't really do any kind of serious marketing for it. Uh, Since you mentioned that it didn't do as well as you expected, what were you thinking at that point? Uh, well, it was... was it just uh, more like persevere, keep... Or make another game? Yes, 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 yes. Of course, uh, we we knew from the beginning that it wasn't really a a different or even competitive game, considering the games that were around at the time. It was, as I said, it was more like an experiment for us. And even though the sales were pathetic, uh, I consider it a very successful experiment in the terms of of actually completing a, completing a game, uh, putting up a website, and the like. So we, defi- we we never considered quitting at that point, if that was your question. Okay. Did you also try to find other people to help you out in your group? Um, no, initially we didn't because uh, we started this with uh, exactly uh, no money. We did it. Uh, we all we all had uh, full-time jobs, and we did this on our, on our spare time. It was uh, this guy and me. Uh, I did the uh, the programming. He did the music, and my little sister did all the art, and she still does. So uh, no, it was it, it started a, a very small operation, really. After the puzzle game, were you thinking of doing another puzzle game or trying something else completely different? No, we decided to try a completely different thing, and uh, that different thing was Betty's Beer Bar. Uh, at the time, there was no no other game uh, really similar to that. Uh, I think we we really um, uh, innovated in a in a lot of ways that sound uh, many things that that sound uh, very common right now. But I, I mean, at the time. I think one of the top games was uh, Super Collapse 2 or 3, and that was the kind of games that you found. I mean, uh, there, I think there was there was no game with a strong female uh, main character like, like we had, and now it's commonplace. With all the puzzles being at the top of these bestseller lists at the time, what inspired you to take a risk? Um, that's a very difficult question because I could, uh, in the light of, of the experience we have now, I think I, any kind of answer that I give you now, it's a rationalization more than really what we were thinking at the time. So I really don't know. Okay. Um, so you start on Betty's Beer Bar. Walk me through the design process, the development process, because as you mentioned before, there weren't any games like that out, out there on the market. Um, it was it was very experimental. We we started th- trying things. Um, as as I said in other places, our initial inspiration uh, was uh, that game uh, Tupper, where you serve beer, and that was the, the the base concept we wanted to to expand upon. Um, many of the design decisions were just. Uh, what sounded right at the time because we didn't have any kind of real design experience. Uh, we we were players. We are we are all players, uh, but without we had never designed again before. So it was a lot of trial and error, uh, trying things, the, uh, seeing if if they worked, uh, if they were we kept them. If not, we thought of something else. So we didn't have a very defined process back then. In terms of uh, development, did you do anything different while developing this game compared to the first puzzle game you did? Um, like more user testing or more prototyping? Oh, uh, well, in, not in those terms, but it was definitely a, a completely different different experience because of this game had a, a much bigger scope than, than our previous game. Um, 
I think one of the the big things that came out of this game, uh, besides its its own success, was the uh, reuse of of a lot of code of of the previous game. What what is now uh, the the framework. Uh, in terms of that, in terms of of testing and 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 that kind of things, yes, we did test it uh, a lot more because it it was a much more complex game. Uh, Making a puzzle game is it's maybe easier to test because uh, you it's it's more like an, a logical abstraction of a game. In uh, when you have a lot of characters and non-determinism, is um, you just can't not do uh, user real user testing. You mentioned having a female as the lead character. Walk me yes. through the design process of that, or what what inspired that. Um, the fact that when we made the puzzle game, the as I told you, many of the portals rejected it, and we really wanted to know why. And one of the topics that came up recurrently was uh, the portal, the portals telling us who were the customers, and we got the the, the standard response that was uh, women uh, aged 35 and and above. So having a, a female lead was a, a clear choice. There's more of a story element too in this. Yes. Where you're, so, was that also based on some of the feedback you got? Um, no, no, no. That was like uh, we thought. Uh, we thought from the from the description of of the demographics, uh, if we if we uh, were willing to have a, a female lead, we had to. Uh, the, the idea of having a, a female lead with a female demographic is helping the the players identify with the character. So we thought it was logical to uh, also have an inspiring story. You know, uh, the the story of Betty is a it's a young girl that leaves her farm and ends up with a with an empire uh, with a restaurant empire, which uh, has been done before. Uh, after that, a lot of times too, but it was new at the time. So you release Betty's beer bar, or mm -hmm. you actually release it for beta testing, and you refine some stuff um, based on the yes. feedback of other game developers. Oh yes. And was there was there any ma major feedback that you got when you released it for beta testing? Like any major changes that you had to do? Uh, yes, we had a few changes. Uh, the, the first version that I that I showed to anyone had only a keyboard control. Um, it, uh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's that's. I think that's that was the major feedback we we got from everyone. Uh, just add uh, mouse control to that, um, and other things like I know Betty didn't walk in, uh, only walked in in vertical and horizontal directions. She didn't take uh, in turns or anything. Uh, I think we didn't have power apps in the first versions. That was a suggestion that that came from from other developers as well, in terms of of how to how to make the gameplay evolve in uh, as as the player uh, went through the game. So you release the game then based on the feedback, and what happens next? Uh, well, yeah, it did surprisingly good for for what we were expecting. And that's when, after uh, one year of, of doing this, we realized that it may work after all. Did you get into the portals with Betty's Beer Bar? Um, just in a few of them, because uh, based on our an experience with games and also because of the fact that we aren't uh, near the U.S., we had some... We didn't really understand what what kind of topics we could touch in a game. Uh, for example, uh, the game is Betty's Beer Bar because the, the beer element comes from the Tapper inspiration. Uh, in fact, n n no, uh, none of the people that work in that game actually drink beer. We don't like it. Um, so, uh, and, and, the, and at the same time, we never thought it would be the, the topic of alcohol, even if, if in such a cartoony way, could be so important to too many of the portals, so m most of the portals rejected the game uh, on those two grounds: first, the the beer th the beer thing, and second, that some of them uh, said that nobody wanted a game when you have to work. 
Um, so I guess they were wrong. Uh, one of the portals that did gave, that gave us uh, a big a big uh, chance uh, was Big Fish Games. Uh, they were one of the portals that uh, really uh, believed in the concept and were were the ones that made a lot of the of the suggestions that we incorporated in the game later, and we're thankful for that uh, uh, until today. There have been other developers that have mentioned that the feedback that they've gotten from the portals or for some, from some of the portals have been very great. Did you, mm-hmm. or did you find that Big Fish Games gave you a lot of very, very useful feedback more so than say your normal development process? Um, yes, definitely. For, uh, for, a, at the time Big Fish wasn't really involved in the, in the development of the game. We just submitted it, but, uh, they could, they could have just said, no, we're not interested, but, uh, Paul Thelian was very, very helpful uh, at that time. We, I mean, he was the one that said, "Look, we, you, you can have a casual game with with no mass control." Um, and he was one. He made a lot of the of of the suggestions for changes that eventually made the game uh, succeed in the space. You, uh, when you release it on the portals, did you also do any marketing for your site too, or was your primary yes. distribution going to be the portals? Uh, well, at the time we didn't know really what to expect, uh, mostly in terms of of the shelf life of the games. So we, yes, we did uh, our own marketing. Uh, as our background is, uh, I'm I have a, an engineering degree as as well as my as my partner. So we aren't really experts in in marketing by by any standard. So uh, we did uh, we did some marketing, but it wasn't really great. I mean, uh, again, download sites. Uh, and not not a lot more. At the time, we didn't know uh, if the game would sell for a month in the portals and then disappear. Uh, it ended well. It's it, but it's very st- still selling at Big Fish, for example, after uh, three years. But we didn't know that at the time. After you released the game, did you take time off then to mainly promote the game, or were you focusing on your next game? No, we started focusing on our next game uh, immediately. Uh, in, in a, and a big part of that decision was precisely what, that we didn't know how much would that one sell. We, we found out later that it would have uh, a lot of traction. How long did it take for you to realize Betty's Beer Bar would be a success? Six months, a year, one month? Um, I guess after the, the surprise that was the, the first month, that what that was a, a very pleasant surprise, but we didn't know how much... How how long would it last? I guess after the six month mark, we we started, we, we were amazed by uh, by seeing what was going on. And at the time, we we thought we were we felt very very well about it and realized we had we had made some kind of hit after all. You work on your next game. Then are you thinking about doing then? After Betty's Beer Bar, are you thinking about doing a similar type of game to Betty's Beer Bar, or are you thinking of, once again, trying to do something different? No. Uh, actually, we decided to make a, a little experiment. We decided to make a game in one month to see what, what could we do. Um, we've, we refined many of the, of the techniques that we use for Betty's Beer Bar. Uh, for example, all the all of the art of of Betty's beer bar was hand drawn, and when I say that, I mean on, on actual paper with pens, and and then scanned and put into the game. Uh, we decided to refine those, that kind of process and to to be more effective. So we did an experimental project that was a uh, some kind of match three game. It's called Face It, and you haven't seen anywhere because uh, again, it didn't so uh, it didn't sell at all. Uh, so we did that in January '04, I think. Uh, it was a completely different game, and it was it took uh, only five weeks. After that game and mm-hmm. releasing it, um, what were you thinking next? Well, um, at that point, we we have a very clear idea that uh, Betty's Beer Bar was a success. So we decided to make another game like Betty's Beer Bar. We decided to take the best elements of the game and keep them and try to add to to the game and the, the other aspects that we we felt the the game was lacking. So we started on a way more ambitious project that ended up being uh, Wild West Wendy. 
Um, and what what was that game about? Uh, it was it, we tried to keep the same mechanics at Betty's Beer Bar, uh, that of serving customers, having a female lead, and, and all the elements that that we thought there were good. Uh, but this time it was set in the Wild West, and we added a lot more um, uh, gameplay variation. That was what well, that was one of the most uh, one of the biggest um, critics we had about Betty's Beer Bar that the game was uh, repetitive. So we tried to add a lot of characters, a lot of extra things to do to the game. Uh, in Wild West, when you don't only serve. Um, uh, bottles uh, to the customers. You also have to uh, keep the thieves away, uh, return missing cows, find the, the guy in the wanted poster when when he enters the saloon, and that kind of thing. Uh, in the end, I'm not sure if it was such a good decision because uh, <laughs> I think it, it ended up being a lot more complex than that we intended to be for the for the player. The people saying that Betty's beer bar should be more complicated. Were they the developer? Were they developers, or were they the actual customers? Um, no, the, the feedback wasn't that it would be. It, it had to be more uh, complicated. The what the what they said that, uh, was that the the gameplay became repetitive after after playing for a while. So it it wasn't it wasn't a matter of complexity, I think, but more like variation uh, in time. And it, it, that kind of feedback came from players and from developers alike. Okay. You uh, so you realized that Wild West Wendy is a little more complicated than Betty's Beer Bar. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? Was this during the design process that you realized this, or was this after you released it? No, unfortunately, it was after the game was released. We were very very pleased with with the game when when it was released, and until uh, up to now, I think in terms of of uh, quality of art and even in technical complexities, it's our best game so far. Uh, because uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's it's really the the, uh, the best game, t- technically the best game we've made. Uh, it's a pity that sales sales weren't as good as Peris Beer Bar, but I'm proud of the game anyway. What would you characterize as the reasons that the sales aren't as good as Peris Beer Bar? Is it just Maybe the theme itself, or uh, since the game was released, we we've debated that uh, uh, hundreds of times, and we we really don't have any any solid conclusions about that. I think the theme may have something to do. I think uh, because of the scope of the game, it ended up taking uh, requiring a, a relatively powerful machine to run smoothly. Uh, maybe. A bigger machine than the average spec of the casual player, so uh, or maybe the, the the complexity of all the other tasks that that the player had to perform, even even though they they were optional most most of them. So uh, we really we really never uh, we're not sure about what happened with that game. Did you do anything different in your design process or your development process compared to Betty's Beer Bar? Uh, well, we were more conscious of the choices we were making. Uh, in Betis Beer Bar, we, we made a lot of good decisions, but without realizing them. Uh, in the case of Wild West Wendy, we, we tried to, to really think uh, good reasons behind all of the decisions we made, and that was a change compared to Betis Beer Bar, which was more like uh, we went on instinct. After you released the game, did you do anything different in terms of marketing? Um, no, same, same thing. Uh, but this time, because uh, we we did work in some of the of the feedback that we got from the portals uh, regarding Betis Beer Bar, and this time it, most of the portals took the game. Most of the big big ones anyway. Um, so we kept the line of of uh, trying to distribute the game ourselves. In particular, the Mac versions that no no, no portal uh, were selling. And uh, concentrating on on the on building relationships with the portals more than than trying to push the game ourselves. After this game, what were you thinking in terms of game development? Were you uh, thinking of like 
what type of next game were you thinking of releasing? Or were you going to just take time and focus on promoting the games that you had already? No, again, we started thinking about our next game. Uh, I, I think that was a time where we really were, weren't very clear about what to do, mainly because after the success of, of Betis Beer Bar, we just assumed that what was Wendy would do as well as Betis Beer Bar or even better, but uh, it wasn't the case. So that made us uh, take a step backward and try to figure out what, what was going on. Uh, it shattered a lot of, of conceptions, of misconceptions we had about casual games, about the, the casual games audience. So, uh, yes, we had a period when we really went through a lot of discussion trying to figure out what was going to be our next game. And what were, you mentioned shattering misconceptions. What would mm-hmm. you say was the maybe top two or three misconceptions about the market that you felt you had? Uh, I'm not sure if, if, if there were misconceptions about the market itself, but the things that we thought that worked in Betty's Beer Bar, the, uh, the elements that we thought made uh, the game a good seller, that maybe they, we were, it was selling but for different reasons. Because we tried to, to repeat that this, those good things with what was Wendy, but uh, it didn't work out. So it, it was more like, uh, I'm not sure if we, we came to a lot of conclusions, but we had a lot more questions than, than we had when we started. After the discussion, did you finally decide on the type of game that you'd make next? Um, not so much about the type, but we did decide about the scope because what was when it was a very, uh, yeah, I think the development process was like 10 or 12 months, so uh, it was a very, very uh, tiresome effort in terms of, of the time we devoted to it, the, the, the effort, uh, even the uh, w- when you have a project that goes that long, it's inevitable that uh, you will have conflicts between the people working on it. So uh, when w- the, the one thing we knew for sure was that we wanted to make a simpler game, uh, smaller in scope, and maybe fine-tune our goals in terms of uh, trying to uh, concentrate our, our efforts in the things that really make the game better, not necessarily bigger. And what, so what was the next game then that you worked on? Um, because of the state of confusion that what was Wendy left us, we started, we started on a game that we released just uh, two weeks ago. And I'm think uh, I'm talking about uh, uh, two years ago when, when we started doing this. Uh, at that point, we, we were still one, uh, just one team. Uh, but w- what happened was that I wanted to, while we were having these discussions about what to do next, I wanted to, to add a few, um, a few features to the uh, game framework we were using in particular, uh, writing a new render, a 3D uh, accelerated render, and to have a hardware uh, rotation of sprites and, and transparency and the like. And as a test, just because I, I needed something to, to test the, the new features on, I wrote the core mechanics of a, of a chain popper. At the time, Suma was very popular, uh, Luxor was coming out, so I did something similar. And I realized that we could actually finish that game and, and uh, set it as a game, not just as a, as a test for the new features of the library. So... Um, the decision wasn't really uh, very discussed uh, among us. It was more like, hey, I, I have this, this, uh, this game almost working. We, we should make graphics for it. So uh, that's, what, that, that's how uh, Parallel Poppers was born. So what, again, was the game that you released? Um, the game that we released at the time was Pirate Poppers. And so that used the mechanics similar to Zuma. Yes, it was a, a chain popper. It looked it looked more like Luxor than than Tosuma, actually. After you released it, were you doing anything different in terms of marketing, in terms of promoting it, or? Oh, 
Yes, definitely, because this time we approached publishers. Uh, at the time, we realized uh, we really didn't want to spend uh, a lot of effort in marketing and sales because it wasn't really uh, consistent with, with our technical backgrounds. So we decided to concentrate in making games and letting others take care of distribution. So we approached uh, a few publishers and ended up signing an agreement with Playfirst to distribute Pirate Poppers. After, since you had publishers taking care of the marketing, did you then go on to your next game, or what were you thinking at that point? Um, yes, we started thinking on, on our next ideas, and at the time we also decided to expand the company a bit. Uh, we hired a new programmer, so we now had, uh, and, and also uh, a different 3D artist. So uh, at that point we had the capacity to make two games at the time. That was in the first months of, of last year. And how did it feel to hire another programmer? Uh, well, it was uh, it was a very it was a new experience for me. Uh, uh, this this new programmer is uh, had been a, a long time friend of mine, so uh, the confidence part was uh, was not a problem. Uh, the biggest question for me was that uh, up to that point uh, I wrote 100% uh, of the code of our games and I had a lot of, of not invented here syndrome so uh, the big question for me was if I would be able to let go of, of, of the control of every line of code um, in the end it, it worked out fine uh, this guy is, is, is really good at, at what is uh, what he does and uh, I also trust him so I, I was able to detach myself from the details of, of every every line of of code uh, of all of all of our games was there any reason that you hired someone that you that could come in and physically work with you folks as compared to say outsourcing and hiring someone over the internet? Um, it's a good question. I never, I, I never even considered the the option you you mentioned. You know. Okay. And after you had someone else taking care of your programming, was there? Um, what did you shift to doing? Um, well, more games. Uh, I mean, the the idea wasn't to stop uh, doing the programming, which is the the thing that I still enjoy the most but to have more time to concentrate in other things, the business things, the design things, uh, even project management, which is uh, one of the other roles I, I have here. Um, and the, the, we, at that time we had a lot more artists than, than programmers, so I was the bottleneck uh, in terms of how many games we could release. So it wasn't, uh, the idea wasn't to shift uh, my responsibilities completely and not uh, stop doing games, but to m be able to make more than one game at a time. Were there any lessons or surprises that you encountered while doing your new roles of project management and uh, business development? No, not really, because it wasn't really a, a new role. It was just that I had more time to devote to it, but uh, I, I was doing it uh, since day one. Uh, since day one, yes, I did learn a lot of a lot of things because I don't have any formal education in project management or or, or running a company. So it's been a a very exciting ride in terms of of how much I've been learning. Since you have then the capabilities at that time to do two games, what games were you thinking of doing and working on, and how did you decide about going about doing them? Um, well, with one of the teams, we started making a sequel or pseudo sequel to Betty's Beer Bar. This time, we decided to go back to the basics, the, the basics that did work. Uh, it's a game that we haven't released yet, and we're finishing right now, as as I speak. Uh, with the other team, the the team that made Pirate Poppers, we we had signed an, an agreement with Playfirst to to develop uh, more games uh, with them. So uh, we actually spent most of last year uh, with that team discussing different concepts and, and trying prototypes with, with Play First, and we, we didn't 
really started working on, on any game uh, at full speed. Uh, with the other team, as I said, we, all of last year was working in, in this Betis Beer Bar uh, pseudo-sequel that should be, see the light of day in a few weeks. Uh, it sounds like the development time has gotten a little longer since you initially yes. started out. Are you yes. concerned about that? or Yes. Yes, uh, that's one of the main things we want to to focus on improving this year. Uh, the goal for this year is is to make games that shouldn't take more than than six months each. Uh, so we're we're thinking of ways of of accelerating the uh, the art pipeline and also reconsidering the scope of of the games we're doing because they're very very demanding uh, in terms of of art. Which is actually what what takes more time for us. So uh, yes, that's definitely a concern that we are trying to address. Is the art the main reason why the delays or why it's taking longer to make it, or are there other things that happen because now you have a larger team? Um, no, I think the 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 main reason is still the art. And. So you're going to release Betty's Beer Bar, the sequel. Um, yes. Is there going to be anything? And that's coming out in two weeks, then? I'm not sure if two weeks. Uh, we've been saying two weeks since uh, November, I think. So uh, I, can't, I can't give you a hard date, but uh, it looks relatively finished, uh, as, as it did since November. But it should be soon. Have you, have you done anything different in terms of development process for this sequel? Um, well, yes, uh, the big thing different that I did that, that was that I didn't do it. Uh, in this case, I, I, give, I gave this new programmer the, the source code for Betty's Beer Bar, and uh, his task was to convert it into our new game. In this case, because the, the base mechanics are more similar than Betty's Beer Bar to what was Wendy, we could do that. Let's go to the other team you mentioned and how mm -hmm. you're working with Play First to do prototypes of ideas. Yes. How does that process work? Do you come up with an idea? Does your team come up with, say, a, a possible game mechanic or game idea and then send it to Play First where they can mm -hmm. test it out on their um, audience or something? Or how does that work? Um, we actually uh, went uh, back and forth a lot at the uh, design document stage. Uh, we did make prototypes for two games, I think, but we didn't uh, really uh, completed that phase. Now, after these, um, after Betty's Beer Bar, the sequel gets released. Um, any plans for your next game, or that's going to be something that you'll discuss after the fact? Uh, we do have a couple of ideas, but n not very uh, concrete right now. And throughout this whole time, um, have you been doing anything different or acquiring knowledge in terms of game design or doing different types of game design? Um, I didn't understand your question, sorry. Well, have you improved any, any of your game design skills over this time? Like you mentioned... Oh. You mentioned coming from a technical background, and I yes. wasn't sure if you were actually doing something to, say, improve your game development background. Um, we, we, didn't, we don't have um, one guy here, here who is the game designer. Uh, the design process here is more like uh, meetings when everyone has a say and we discuss ideas until we reach some kind of consensus. So I guess our our game design skills have been improving uh, because of just the accumulated experience we have. And in particular, this, this new guy, the, the, the other developer, has a very, very strong uh, playing background. He's more, more of a, a fan of games than I am. So he, uh, he, had, he, he brought uh, a lot of new, of new ideas. Uh, so we're going in, our experience is going in terms of, of that, of the experience of the individual members and new members, but not really because we set out to study game design, per se. Since you pretty much established the industry in your country, have you been yes. meeting other people in your country that, have, that want to get interested in, in doing games? 
Um, there's not much of a consciousness here of uh, that you can do this. Uh, we do know the other. There are two other companies that do similar things. One of one of the companies does uh, flash games, and the other does cell phone games. So we're actually the w the only company doing uh, casual games downloadable. Uh, so yes, we we do know each other. It's a, it's a, this is a very small country, so it's it would be hard not to not to know other people doing this. But uh, we occasionally occasionally talk to each other, but it's not anything serious. Um, it does feel somewhat isolated uh, here. Um, that's why I, I had a, such a great time last year when I went to to Casualty Seattle, because uh, after uh, three or four years of uh, emailing back and forth with uh, a lot of people, I actually got to meet them face to face. Uh, it was a, it was a, a very nice experience. It, it didn't felt so isolated so much. Great. And would you say then that um, the fact that you are isolated is that? Do you think that's a benefit or a drawback in terms of game development? I mean, you do. You can contact people via email, but <coughs> yes. Um, I'm not sure it has a great effect on us. Uh, it's more like uh, a thing of, of um, it's more of, of an emotional thing that really uh, a real issue in what we do because we do have uh, Skype video, we have we have Skype, we have email, we have uh, instant messenger. So we are in touch with people. Uh, I, I don't think it it has caused any problems the distance. Uh, what did cause some trouble initially and still does is the being in a in a different society, but that's not because we can't talk with, to people. It's because we don't. Uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, it's because we don't share some of the of the society uh, codes. When you talk, you mentioned Skype and using IM and other tools. What tool do you find the most effective for communicating with? Say the people and the publishers that are in other countries. Um, it depends on the situation. Uh, the the tool that we use the most is definitely email, um, which is good for for some things. But sometimes you really need to see the other people face to face, and that's when uh, Skype uh, either uh, just talking right uh, as we're doing now, or or on video. It's a uh, it's a better experience. You you do lose some some expressiveness when you write an email or an instant message. Has has video been a big part then in terms of communicating with other people, or is that maybe the lesser of all the other of all the tools that you use? No, it's it's the you the, the one we use less. Um, it's it's we started using relatively recently too. Uh, it's it's not really a major part of of our communications. Now, Betty's Beer Bar, um, let's transition into uh, other indie games and stuff. And mm -hmm. Betty's Beer Bar has actually inspired a lot of other, well, some other successful games in the casual yes. games industry. Yes. Um, did you have any concerns or thoughts, or did you learn anything from the fact that, say, Diner Dash or something has become a massive hit, and it's somewhat based on Betty's Beer Bar? Um, or they share some same similar mechanics? Uh, yes, uh, we're kind of proud of, of having inspired that. Uh, I'm not sure if we have learned anything. Uh, at the beginning, we were uh, worried about um, making a new Betty's Beer Bar-like game uh, right after the first Betty's Beer Bar because we thought it would cannibalize our Betty's Beer Bar sales. But we started seeing that the market has an seemingly infinite uh, hunger for that kind of games. So <laughs> we decided that if people were going to uh, uh, imitate our games, we might as well imitate uh, our games ourselves. So we, well, I mean, uh, maybe that realization took so too, took too long, and that might have hurt uh, what was Wendy as well. For your future games, since you since Betty's Beer Bar really took, compared to what the other games are doing at that time, uh, a big risk, do you feel that risk then, or taking innovative game designs and risking 
like just doing different types of games that aren't there out th- right now, do you feel that that's going to be important for your studio? Uh, yes, definitely, because we are now in a much better position than than we were back then to to actually take risks and and do new things. Um, I think this year uh, you will see coming from us uh, both games that uh, are uh, pretty much guaranteed to be a success in terms of following a known formula, maybe with uh, incremental innovation, and uh, completely bizarre games that may work or may not work, but we do have some, some of those ideas, definitely. What are some of your favorite indie games? Um, I don't play a lot of games lately, uh, n- not not indie games nor uh, AAA games, or, but one that I really really enjoyed was uh, all the uh, Wonderland series, the Midnight Synergy games. Uh, I've spent uh, countless hours playing those, and I also really liked uh, Professor Fizzwhistle and. Uh, and also Deadly Rooms of Death, which is a, it's not a casual game, but it's an independent game. I think it's great. And in terms of the goals of your studio, are you going to be developing then still for the casual game market, or are you looking at other markets to also make games for? Um, in the foreseeable future, we will be doing casual games, uh, mostly because of the scope of the games we can actually uh, do with th- such a small studio and and w- still with relatively little game experience. Uh, I, I'm not sure if we could actually make a, a, a bigger game. We do have ideas and that's actually... Uh, we were originally um, hardcore players so we naturally wanted to make hardcore games. As I'd say, the the fact that we are making uh, casual games is more like uh, that was the opportunity that we had, but we we still have some ideas of, of making more hardcore-ish games in the future. And in terms of time that you spend now, in terms of, say, game development versus business versus marketing, I mean, how much time do you spend on each of those per week, um, like in terms of a percentage? I'd say 70% is still technical. Um, technical or uh, management, and the business part is not such a big, such a big uh, chunk of my time. And you mentioned developing the uh, the engine yes. by yourself and having not invented here yeah. issues. Um, have you thought of using some of the more well-known game engines like Torque or Torque2D? Um, well, we actually, one of the first things we, do, we did initially was purchase a, a Torque license, but because we, we wanted to make a, a more hardcore game at the time, but uh, I found the learning cu- curve to be uh, just too much, and uh, we never used that license. Uh, about Torque2D and the other uh, engines that, that are around, the thing is that uh, I have our our framework has a lot of advantages. One of them is that it's our framework, so uh, I'm the guy who wrote it, so I know exactly how it works. It, in fact, it, it you could say the the application program interface models the way that I think, uh, so it's it's absolutely natural for me to work with it. Uh, I don't th- I don't know if I could have the same productivity that that I have with this library with with a third-party engine. And also the other engines that, that I've uh, looked at, uh, say uh, the PopCap framework and the like, uh, really don't have all the, uh, the features that our library has. So uh, ours is, is on a higher level of, of abstraction. It's almost like... Um, it's almost like programming with using a, a Flash model, but in C++. Speaking of Flash, are you going to stick to downloadable games, or are you thinking of making Flash games also in the future? No, we don't have plans for that. We may do web versions of our games, but and may use Flash as a tool for that, but it, it isn't really something we are interested in doing. 
You mentioned learning a lot since you started this studio. What would、mm -hmm. you say are the top three things that you've learned or discovered that surprised you?、Um, well, the first one was definitely、uh, the long shelf life that a good game could have. That that was a very unexpected surprise.、Uh, we also discovered the the, the 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 flip side of of that coin. That is that.、Uh, Making casual games is a very hit and miss proposition.、Uh, we have we've had、uh, games that were that did far better than our, our wildest expectations, and we have we have games that failed miserably. So、uh, maybe it's us, but from from talking with other people,、uh, the consensus seems to be that it is a, a hit and miss industry. And let me see. I'm not sure if, if if any other major realizations. Do you have any last words for independent game developers out there?、Um, any suggestions just, for if they're going to start out and do their own game company?、Uh, well, yes. Uh, just uh, well, that's a trademark.、Uh, just do it.、Um, <laughs> uh, yes. The thing is,、uh, one one thing, one important thing. I learned、uh, about all this is that maybe most of the barriers that you see when you are trying to do something exist only on your mind.、Uh, it was it was clearly our case that we were so convinced that we couldn't make games for a living because we lived in Uruguay, that that we never actually considered the possibility. We we never questioned that as a reality until we saw clearly writing on a On a website that yes we could, so、uh, I think the biggest obstacle we overcame was our our own doubts. So my advice for for people starting out is that it doesn't matter if you don't have money, it doesn't matter if you don't have、uh, experience, it doesn't matter if you live in a country with no、uh, with no game industry, you have no experience and you are 22 years old. You just do it if you、uh, if you have enough. Faith in yourself. You put enough hard work be,、uh, behind what you're trying to do. You will most probably succeed. Great. This is Gabriel with、uh, Mystery Studio. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate it.、Uh, thank you for the interview. Take care. Bye.